Ah, <laughs> be like saying that already, Joe. Making that listen. Well, well. Simple. Two prisoners whose cells adjoin communicate with each other by knocking on the wall. The wall is the thing which separates them, but it's also the means of how they communicate. Every separation is a link. In A Village Boys, we explore the separation of the black culture because we understand that by bringing it to light, we will recreate links that will eventually unite us all back together. Season two, we don't calm, we don't calm, we don't calm. Thank you people for sticking with us. And no, it's a, it's a longer wait than we expected, but thank you guys for tuning in and staying tuned anyway and and, and supporting. Um, so today, not going to take too long. We have our first episode of season two. We are talking about the identity of being a black immigrant. If you've heard our, our content before, you know we've talked about this from a different angle of when we first got to America, but now we get to explore this now that we've been in America for over 10, 10, 10 11, 12 years, and how we've been able to converge those two identities together, and what does it mean to be a double uh, minority, so we get to explore all of that. And by the way, in the beginning, we kind of go over some formalities and tell you about what's happening in season two and all that good stuff. So if you want to skip all of that, just skip all the way to eight minutes and 37 seconds. And that's when we get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the village season two. Everybody say it with me. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Your typical village boy again, Chukwemeka. Your boy, Victor Sokowachi Sado. I was about to say, I'm going to keep it short. I was thinking about, I was contemplating if I, I should say, say the whole thing. <laughs> to say the whole thing. Did but you forget? I was like, nah, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to let him rock today. I'm going to give him the short version. Man, this is season two. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's beautiful to say that, right? And, and what's interesting is last month, a year ago last month, was actually the first time the thought the thought came to my head, mm-hmm. right, um, for Village Boys. It was actually more elaborate than just Village Boys, but I remember, you know, hitting you up like, yo, what you think about this idea? Yes, sir. And then he was like, man, that's a dope idea. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, like, what if you, like, did it with me? He was like, hell Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, we about to get some shake for sure. Um, then we sat down and met about it, and I was just like, man, I kept thinking about it, and I was like, man, there's no like, there aren't any, there aren't any reasons why this wouldn't make sense. You know what I'm right. trying to say? Like, exactly. T- typically, like ideas like that, you're like, okay, 
this is why it wouldn't work or this mm-hmm. is a reason why nobody would fuck with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I kept like asking people and I'm like, damn, people really would fuck with this. Really would, right? Because yeah. it's, it's a new and fresh like um, perspective. For sure. At the end of the day, there's nothing new under the sun. Right? No, at all. The only, and I think I got this from C.S. Lewis, right? The only difference is our perspective on it. That's what changes, right? The sun is going to be the sun regardless. But it's our view and perspective of the sun that makes it unique. And that's where art comes from. You know, I was listening to um, Neil deGrasse uh, uh, Tyson. Tyson? Yeah. And he was talking about like, brilliant. He was talking about that's art. (laughs) He's like too smart. (laughs) Bro, I'm actually going to get his master class. He teaches you how to think scientifically. But um, he was like, artists, what they do is they take something ordinary Mm -hmm. and then express it through the filter, through their filter of the world. Yeah. And through their emotions and things like that. Because he really loved um, The Starry Night by um, Mm -hmm. Van Gogh. And he was like, man, like just the fact that, you know, uh, a painting like this was- evoke so much emotion. Exactly. Right. And this man had a whole vest made from this painting. It was it was really fascinating. But yeah, art is art is very interesting. And like another black philosopher said, um, Nas, <laughs> the rapper. <laughs> um, I think one, one of his songs is "No Idea Is Original," and that's the truth. I mean, mm-hmm. the, like all these ideas have been, um, humanity has had these thoughts or whatever. We just have different ways of expressing things, and there's beauty and subjectivity. Yeah, and that's that's how like art comes to life. And yeah. That's how we express ourselves, but that's how people connect with it too. Because I think those little versions that hit people in different places, mm-hmm. and like we can, we could put something out there that means something to us, mm-hmm. but somebody else could, it could hit somebody else in a different total space exactly. that I, we didn't so even think beautiful. about. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Isn't that crazy? And that's so beautiful. That shit is me, powerful, man. To be able man. To do that for sure. We, for sure. We finally upgraded our mics. We got a camera. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So we're going to be posting some stuff on Instagram. Y'all going to see us live and direct. Live and direct with the facial expression. So make sure sure y'all follow Village Boys. It's V-L-L-G-B-O-Y-Z. I changed it up a little bit, make it short so people can, you know, follow a little easier. For sure. Make sure y'all check us out. IG, you know what I'm saying? We might pop up on YouTube. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Hey, by the way, we gave feedbacks for um, feedback sheets for a lot of people. By the way, thank you guys so much for the responses. Super helpful. Super Super helpful. helpful. We took a lot of that into consideration and we might be uh, starting a Facebook group as well. So we'll definitely let y'all know. Be on the lookout for that. We're going to have a lot of interesting, it either might be a a Facebook or a Patreon. I don't know yet, but we're going to have some really fascinating conversations like, you know, never before seen footage, you know, more background on us. And just, you know, really special content. So make sure sure. stay tuned. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about just like a discussion board type feel, but in a place where people could just speak their minds without being judged, without being um, patronized or whatever, like Mm -hmm. minimized. So I think it would be dope because I think difference in opinion is good. And I think when you put people all of us in the same place because we all want the same things. You know what I'm trying to say? And black liberation and understanding the black experience more. So I think a lot of good things will come from those conversations and stuff. I agree, man. I agree. Yeah, yeah. it's such a nuanced topic, man. There's no right answer or wrong answer. Right, 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 right. And I agree, man. You know, it's, it's always... It's always good to be in presence of in the presence of people who don't think like you. For right? sure. For and sure. and I think and I think it's very unhealthy to remain in echo chambers. Most deaf. Right? Because, you know, it just reinforces your bias. Most deaf. Which reinforces your ignorance. Yes. Right. In, in reiterates your ignorance. And and 
it just, you know, it just creates this cycle of death in a way and like dying of the mind, dying of creativity, dying of the spirit. For sure. And so we definitely want to make sure this is as, you know. Yeah. And I think it's also from our perspective, we don't want to seem like we're some, like we're these erudite people that like know it all or like, or because we're learning just as much as we go too. like just from like, for sure, from like our first episode to here now, I'm like, I'm like in a complete (laughs) different space. Our first episode we released or like the very first episode that we recorded? Very first that we ever recorded, bro. (laughs) Even like the first one released. Yeah. But like, just like this, like the amount of things I've learned just from like talking to guests that have come on or just feedback and things like that. So it's been dope. So. Let's get straight into it. I agree. I agree. Cool. So we gave you all some cool feedback. Now, let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is, um, it was inspired by a conversation I actually had with my lady um, about identities, right? You know, she she's in school. She went to, she's taken a course on multiculturalism. And, you know, they asked her a question of like, hey, who are you? And, you know, just be able to see her answer that question through all the identities that she has and she mm-hmm. identifies with really inspired me to look at myself like what do I identify with yeah. right and so you know and also speaking with my therapist right talking about that um, you know my my different identities and how I'm rec- reconciling them mm-hmm. so today's episode is about you know black immigrant right what is it what does it look like and what does it mean uh, in today's world to be a black immigrant right so that's where the inspiration comes from we're gonna have a pretty cool conversation about it so for sure let's get started on that man. yeah so, and mostly just to like preface it i think it's important to preface it that it is coming from our yes experience like this is like a conversation Factual. that is like mostly from a perspective of like us as nigerians moving here and just telling our stories mm-hmm. and as the podcast the season goes on we're going to get people from different perspectives and all that and we'll expand the view on just conversations we're having but this one specifically is mostly from like a nigerian us yeah brothers right here right moving to this country at whatever age we moved and just talking about how we um how we assimilated to american culture right and we don't speak for every nigerian either yeah exactly so, so we don't speak it's important for every to preface immigrant. it like that because i think sometimes people like yeah that's very true yeah like i'm glad you did we, that yeah we say black immigrant people there's a bunch of different black immigrants yeah, and they have completely different experiences from yeah. us so perfect so first question is uh, looking back from when we first came here. Yeah. 15 for me, 12 for you, yes, 13 sir. for you. Um, how well would you say you've adopted or um, assimilated to the American culture? And I think it's fair. I think it's fair yeah. uh, to, to really... <laughs> Explain That's funny because the- <laughs> we we're, we're watching we're watching a basketball game as as the same time we're recording this and Donovan Mitchell almost caught a body. <laughs> Mecca's face literally went because <laughs> I seen it too and I saw your expression. <laughs> that shit was funny, man. Hey, uh, if, you, if he would have made that dunk, but look at now nah, if he would have made that, we would have paused the fucking yeah, podcast right podcast. now. Like nah. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> so 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 to preface it, let's let's really explain and really understand what the American culture is from an objective point point of view, right? So I was doing some research on this. Yeah. And a couple of things that that you know um are that make up the American culture, some of the values, is it was really interesting when I saw this one was uh eye contact. That was a big one, right? So so American culture really values strong eye contact. Obviously individualism 
independence, right? So examples, you know, people, kids are considered adults at 18. Right? Yeah. That's part of the culture. For sure. Privacy. Right? Yeah, that's, that's my huge. shit. That's not your shit. Yeah. Uh, equality. You know, there's, that's, that one's a that, little, yeah. it's a little touchy, but I mean, that's, that's part of the American values, right? Equality. That was supposed to be part of the American Supposed world. to be, right? Yeah. Um, still a work in progress. It's still a work in progress, yeah. right? Timeliness. Um, you know, being able to be on time. Yeah. And I think this African is, this time. is, oh, bro, <laughs> Did we read about that in the book. Right? Yeah. African and so, time. Yeah. And so I think this is, this is actually fascinating, right? How, yeah. how timeliness is actually associated with culture. Right? Yeah. That's we're going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get into that. Um, informality. So meaning, you know, you can walk up to an elder and call him by his name, by his first name. Yeah. And For, like in Nigeria, that's, in, yeah, that's completely so. different. Um, directness, um, being direct with somebody no yeah. matter the age um, future oriented meaning you know uh, a lot of American culture and, and a lot of things in America is very like future thinking they're very idealistic yeah you know for what I'm sure. saying? Um, liberty and one of the last ones I saw was self-governance being able to um, for example like being able to vote you know at 18 to be able to be involved in your politics right yeah. to be able to you know have a voice. Have a voice. Yeah. So those are just some like the foundations of, you know, and values of the American culture, right? Because sure. I was really thinking about, I was like, like what exactly is yeah. a part of the American culture? So based on what I just said, objectively, how would you say, you know, looking forward now 13 years later that you've adopted well or assimilated well to that? Um, I think, I think I did a pretty good job of assimilating just naturally because of the age that I moved to America. I think right. actually that was, at 12, you're very impressionable, but you're also very cognizant in the world. So at 12, I was old enough to understand my culture in Nigeria and everything that comes with that. And I was strong in my foundation. And But I was still young enough to assimilate to a completely new, different country and still embrace it as my own. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, that was a good age to come. But also I think a lot of the support systems, I think in, anytime you're entering new spaces and new, like, new waters is always good to have support and i think support systems that came around me were very helpful so i went to right middle school and that school has a really really big population of immigrants so i think naturally that helped because i i was living my life and i was seeing people that were going through the same things i was going through that were moving to this country as well but also people that had already gone through it so naturally i had a bunch of friends that were from like africa sudan um ghana those type of places that their families had immigrated here too so it was there was just that naturally african community feel where they were like okay this is what you do this is what you don't do they'll throw jokes at me that type of shit but it was like in a what, loving what manner was like, what was like the most um just shocking thing about like the culture at the time when you first heard it like damn like niggas do that here i think it was like the way people talk to the elders over here mm, that was like yeah, fascinating direct, because yeah yeah because i like i I remember it was like my first couple of weeks in school. I saw somebody cussing out a teacher, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, "What? Yeah. That shit was crazy." Because like back home, you, that's not they, right. They'll, they'll fuck you up for that type right. of shit. You know what I'm trying to say? Right, right, Regardless right. if you could beat them up or whatever, it's just like a respecting that you don't do that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say? So I think that was like the big moment. When I was like, "Damn, like that's this is a different world yeah. type shit." Like, I, like I think for me is like I think the first time I saw. Or I heard uh, somebody call their parents by their first name. <laughs> I'm all, for a chop slap. For that. I'm on the way I look, say, I say, ah. <laughs> that's what they do for you. That's crazy, man. <laughs> My mom would have slapped the shit out of me, bro. And, but, but, but that's part of the culture, right? Like, that, yeah. like, you know, because 
America values individuality, right? Yeah, for it's, sure. It's a very individualistic place. So for sure. once you're 18, you're literally an adult. Yeah. And I think for me, that was like something new I had to adjust to because trying to tell your parents who, you know what I'm saying, are yeah. naturally Nigerian and, you know, have this collective, you know, mentality that after 18, you can't talk to me any Exactly. Or you make your own rules type <laughs> shit. Nah, I make my shit, own rules. Nah, that shit is not flying in Nigerian households. <laughs> and, so, and so the thing is like, you know, I was reading about multi, you know, uh, cultural development. And I think that's part of like your development um, in your cultural identity. For sure. It is trying to adapt to the, um, uh, to the majority. Yeah. Right? And so I, I saw that as something that I was like, oh, wow, like you get freedom, right? Because growing up, mm -hmm. you know, my, my mom really was, she, I was really sheltered growing up. Yeah. And, and so when I was in America, I said, I, I 18. I 18, I get to do my yeah, own. Yeah, you know do your, get to do my get own Get to shit. live a little bit. Live my own shit. Even at 16. Like it was cool like how there was ages where you get to do certain things yeah. like 16 that's crazy because I never thought drive. about that because yeah. in Nigeria it don't really matter Omar, you bro. gotta drive at 12 <laughs> Omar, yeah, you gotta also, drive at 12 even if when you start driving though it's like you're like your parents still running the shit you know mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say yeah. even when you turn 18 your parents still running it yeah. even when you turn 21 you talking about here or back home back home oh yeah yeah like yeah, even yeah, when you yeah, turn yeah. 21 your parents still running yeah. shit you know what I'm trying to say nothing, bro. at I think, all I think back home it's more about like what you've accomplished yes. than it is about age, yes right? it is for because sure. because back home it's it's almost like a like a like um like you've earned your stripes in a way yeah for you sure know what I'm saying like like it's almost like a rite of passage like okay cool like you you went to school yeah and and now you you you're financially free you're financially you, well free, you can take care of yourself you can take care of yourself and you you're married I think marriage is a big thing huge too, huge thing where now. When you're married, you're now seen as you know a, a big boy. You can yeah. take care of yourself, you know what yeah. I'm saying. And then you have kids. Like I think that's when, in a way, parents start to respect you a little bit more. For sure. Like uh, uh, yeah, you make your own decisions. You can make your own yeah, decisions, sure. right? But but because even in our country, it's very like common to see people live in with their parents till they get married. Mm -hmm. Like it's very common. It's very not like common. like in America that's frowned upon. Like yeah, you just yeah. look at you different. You mm -hmm. know what I'm trying to say? It's but almost it, it's it, it's it's like it's it's almost like. And and it's that pressure too because it's frowned upon. Is that pressure where you're like, man, like I I want to suffer, yeah. just to say that I'm I independent. Did, exactly, I agree. I agree. You I know totally what I'm saying? Agree. Like I've literally yeah. seen friends who are not financially in the place who, to do that. Exactly, and they move to these really nice apartments yeah. right after school, and they're broke, and they yeah. have to like you know survive on their own. Now there's good and bad, right? Good For because sure. you can if Get you survive freedom. that, right? You know you can be obviously a little bit more independent, but yeah. you know the bad thing is you could have like avoided that for sure and you and also me? there's a financial stability that comes with staying on your parents for a little bit right because like you, you don't got to pay rent you know what mm -hmm. i'm trying to say you ain't got to worry about yeah. food yeah. and like a lot of like a lot of foreigners a lot of my Kurdish homies do that and they rack up a lot of money man like a bunch of money <laughs> like i'm talking about a bunch of money just like right. you, they're working full-time making full-time money in america and they're yes. just stacking it up stacking it up Chill. stacking it up do that for like two years, man. Mm -hmm. You're in a really good place financially if you want to get married and start right. a family or whatever. Right. But back to like the question you asked me about assimilating, I think another reason I just thought about it like I assimilated well is because of the church we went to. Oh, so the church true. we went to was it's like predominantly Nigerian. I say it's about 95% mm -hmm. Nigerian. So that helped a lot because mm -hmm. I had that community there. They like tell you, oh, this is what you do, this is what you don't do. Mm -hmm. Um, it still keeps that foundation of like, okay, like my cultural values and stuff too. So that helped me assimilate. So there was a mixture of like soccer also played a part in it because like naturally soccer is 
a multicultural sport, mm-hmm. but also you have like it's like a team, like it's a family feel to it. So yeah. I played soccer in the seventh grade when I came, and naturally, just being in that group and talking to the coaches and stuff that really helped me like assimilate to American culture and stuff. So I think it was like a, it was like there were challenges, but like I think those things gave me the support system I needed to assimilate mm-hmm. well. Yeah, you had you had a good <clears throat> foundation. You had For a good sure. structure. Um, I would say like so so there was something I was I was reading on, you know, cultural identity. Yeah. And there are five uh stages of development, mm-hmm. right? So the first stage is conformity, right? <clears throat> in which individuals internalize so this is this is an example of like black um cultural identity but it kind of like plays for us as well yeah so conformity which individualized individuals internalize racism and choose values lifestyles and role models from the dominant group that's the first stage second stage is dissonance in which individuals begin to question and suspect the mainstream cultural values um three the third is resistance immersion in which individuals endorse minority health views and then i'll just go to the last one last one is actually no, i'm not going to do that to y'all um, fourth is introspection, uh, which is where they establish their own uh, ethnic identities without um, without the noise. Yeah. And then the last one is synergism, right? Where you're able to um, connect everything, connect everything, right? Yeah. You're able to have your own strong identity and still be able to assimilate where you're in. Yeah. And so, like for me, like I like I think I I conformed a lot, yeah. right? In, in my journey of becoming. African-American, yeah, right? which sure. it's a lifelong journey, right? It's a lifelong journey of like understanding your own cultural identity, which is a fascinating concept, right? Because, you know, we're coming in with like a specific identity yeah. and then having to claim a whole different place as our yeah. own. Like for me, it was hard because not, I want to say naturally, I'm actually really tribal, right? Yeah. Naturally, because I, I love where I come from. I mm-hmm. have this huge adoration for my country, even though it's fucked up sometimes, like I yeah. still love it. And mm-hmm. so for me to be able to like, you know, call another place my country was just like, no. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm Nigerian. Yeah, I know I'm just mean. a Nigerian in America. So for yeah. a long time, it was actually hard for me to assimilate to um, American culture. And when I say that, I mean, as far as like calling it my own. Mm, that's interesting. Right? Um, and, and it wasn't until recently where I was able to be like, okay, I, I am American. Like, yeah. I grew up in this place. And, and when I look back, you know, I was really influenced by american culture oh yeah really really influenced by you live in america so yeah so but see the thing is like i was delusional where i was like nah i'm not american i'm not american i'm not american nice as in (laughs) durags i'll be like no 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 i'm nigerian you know what i'm saying it's like so it's like where's the connection there was a disconnect there yeah and so for me um it it was it was hard for me to simulate just because you know i really just loved where i came from even though sometimes um I I denied it, right, because of being made fun of and things like that. But overall, um, I really, I just really, I don't know. Like, yeah. It was hard so for me my to question say. is like, like you mentioned the do rag and sagging your pants. Was it because of like what you've seen in the media and stuff that like made you feel like that was that's what a African American looked like? Is that yeah. was that like Fact. was that how you like was that like a natural progression for you because you, that's what you thought African Americans did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a cool thing to do. Mm, I didn't start wearing do-rags really until like this year for real, but um, that's a whole different story. That's because I want waves. <laughs> but um, but as like a as like a fashion thing, yeah. Um, sagging pants in in the beginning was 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 it 
right? It's so and funny how that's like kind of like died out a, little, a bit. I mean, Without gen- maybe it's because we're getting old. Yeah, it's because we're getting older. Because I'm like niggas, our age ain't really like I don't really see niggas. Yeah, we're in our mid twenties. If you're still sagging your pants, like something off with you. Yeah, it's it's a little different. To each their own, but to each their own, yeah. But I feel like it's still younger guys who that do it, yeah. Who was still sad for sure? Because it's I don't know, seen as like a cool thing, like all the you know gangsters and yeah, yeah, I feel you. Dogs and movies and and music videos did it. So yeah, it like, it makes sense. Hopefully, with that segment, we were able to walk you through our minds and kind of take you in our minds on what's going on as far as how we are developing our own cultural identity and what it's like to be a minority in a different country, in a completely different country, completely different culture. How do we grapple with which culture to identify with? And I think another important thing is how do we actually bridge those gaps? How do we not diminish one um, while, you know, putting the other identity, you know, above everything else, right? Which values do we want to take and which values do we want to, you know, let go? Of. So, and I think this can give you a better insight too on how biases are formed and how other people are able to see the world is, is, and, and also how cultural identity has a big, big, big role in how people see the world essentially, right? So, next segment, we're going to talk about the American dream, what that actually is to us how that was sold to us back in the day and being here now you know almost 15 years for victor and for me you know has that been congruent right so let's check it out switching to the american dream real quick when you think about the american dream is it what you originally thought it was i think there's a bunch of ambivalence that goes into that because Mm. It feels contradictory in some ways and it doesn't in, in another sense. Mm. In a sense, what, it feels contradictory in the sense of like, okay, like the American dream, if you look at the numbers and you look at the way the system is set up, a lot of that is kind of like a myth. For example, I'll break that down before people try to say I'm just talking or whatever. So like I've like I've listened to, I look at Robert Reich a lot. I don't know if I'm saying his, pronouncing his last name correctly, yeah. but he's an economist. He worked on Bill Clinton and he has like a couple documentaries on netflix there's one that's called saving capitalism there's another one called um, inequality for all and he has books on them as well so he breaks down how the system is somewhat like a plutocracy like it favors the rich and it's set up in a way that you could buy like power power you could buy power exactly and also like how the middle class is stagnating and how um upward mobility in america is like 27th in the world and the way we market ourselves is like American dream you come here you can be whatever you want and 40% of people born into poverty in America stay in poverty 42% and that's a huge number for a country that prides itself on the American dream Mm -hmm. so when I look at things like that and look at it from a total objective view that American dream kind of like it feels diluted in a sense because it feels like okay it's just more like a marketing scheme that it is Mm -hmm. um, an actuality and don't get me wrong you could there's racks of riches stories every day and that happens there are people that do that and a lot of people do that. If you look at the sample size, though, majority of people do not. You know what I'm trying to say? And it's not because of they don't work hard enough. A lot of people work really hard and just the system just kind of trampels on on top of them. So um, when I hear that, that's why the American dream, I'm always kind of like, um, kind of like, I don't know, I just look at it differently. Mm-hmm. But from the sense of like coming from from Nigeria to here, yeah, it's an American dream because relative to what this, like the, to the options back home, you have way more opportunities here 
but also you just it just like there's corruption in America, but like corruption in Nigeria is completely yeah. <laughs> it's a different level. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> it's a different level. But I think that's a good thing of being an immigrant just because you could appreciate this opportunities and love this country for everything is given to you. But also you have more of a wider lens because you're not indoctrinated to the weird Mm-hmm. patriotic chauvinism that americans have you know mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. like americans are very very patriotic very like sometimes patriotic. to a fall where they don't even like they don't see the faults you know what i'm trying to say mm. and when you speak about the faults they're like oh you don't love this country get out of this country <laughs> that type of shit and i'm just like yeah. no you can love something and like love is correction from the way i've always looked at it love is correction if if i truly care about you and i saw you doing something that was in alignment to what you claim you were mm-hmm. i would call you out on it so I think for me, it's I think that's the beauty of being an immigrant is because you we could appreciate the opportunity and like the, the American dream, but also talk about how ways that has been flawed for certain people. You know, here's a question. Seeing that, couldn't that be part of the reason why we want to come to America too? like when we see other people be like, oh, my gosh, like America's the best. And like, just oh, yeah, strong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, a love for the country is like almost. What is in this? What yeah. are they drinking in this water? <laughs> I understand. That's what it is, though, fam. Like, think about it. Like, growing up, right? Like, I used to think America would legit had gold on the sidewalk. Like, I thought like everything was like like this. This is an exaggeration, <laughs> but I thought the whole streets were straight gold. Legit. I thought everybody that lived in America was rich. Like, legit. I didn't think yeah. that was poverty or anybody yeah. poor in in um in a, in in America. And that's what you're like from a young age. That's what you're like. Yeah. You're, you're like taught to believe that. You know what yeah. I'm trying to say? Because of the way America is marketed around the world mm-hmm. and everything. And it's such a powerhouse. And America does a good job of like maintaining that view. So yeah, like when, when I came here and I was like, okay, like damn, like niggas still <laughs> suffer out here for real? It was so like, it was it so was shocking. It was so like sobering. It was just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh shit, this really does happen out here. And I remember even when I was growing up, I would like, when people would go to America, I would like send them huge lists. My dad lived, right. here, lived here when I was born. <laughs> like he moved here when I was born. So I used to think like, <laughs> I would be like, yo, for my birthday, I would send him like a list. Buy this, buy that, buy that. And he, uh, he'd be like, yeah, this one is $500, this one is this. And I'm like, okay, $500. Ah, fi- buy me four of them. <laughs> <laughs> buy me four of them. So, like, because naturally, um, like, the way our currency is, like, $500 is, like, it's, you could go buy five hundred naira. You go buy like crackers for mm-hmm. five hundred. Like you know, what I'm trying to say it's like five hundred naira yeah. is nothing. You know, what right. I'm trying to say. So like I was using that metric and like like transferring it to me. I was like, oh five hundred dollars. Like man, that's, that nigga could get me like five PS PS twos back then. I was thinking like I was, that's the way I was thinking, fam. So like oh my god, I thought everyone in America was rich and like especially as a ch- as a child, you're naive. But the older mm-hmm. I've gotten, the more when I moved here, then I was like, oh shit, people really do struggle here. So yeah, yeah. Um, I like for me, I would say it. It's it's becoming sobering as mm-hmm. I get older. For sure, you know what I'm saying? Because like even when I was younger, I was I was really subjective, subjected to the survivorship bias. I think that's what they call it. Where yeah, when you see like the small percentage of like entrepreneurs make it big, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like the 97 yeah. percent who tried the same thing and failed. <laughs> Like you, like nobody talks about You're paying about the picture. You just paying the whole saying? picture. Yeah, like if he could do it, you could do it. That's the. <laughs> if Bill Gates could do it, <laughs> fam, I'm not Bill Gates, bro. <laughs> and what's crazy is like, and that know, doesn't mean I don't like. I'm not like 
we don't have our own special things. That, yeah. It's just like some of us have gifts that are sometimes easier to monetize. And that's right. just the luck of the draw with talent. And timing too, right? And Cause, timing. Because he, he came in in the 80s, right? Yeah. Where like the dot com was like about to take yes. off. Technology was about yeah. to take off. So, you know, it, it's, it's about timing and being able to like see see patterns, recognize patterns, yeah. you know, um, plan accordingly um, and, and execute. execute, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think um, back to your point of like, um, I'm not Bill Gates. And, and what's crazy is before when I would hear that, yeah. I'm like, you're just you making can't. excuses, bro. <laughs> awesome I remember you shit. was on that, though. I was like, man, stop making excuses, <laughs> but let's go make it happen. Now, now, granted, yeah. you can hustle your way oh, yeah, out of a lot of shit. Most definitely. It takes a lot of work, yeah. but you can hustle your way out of shit. You can yeah. hustle for anything and for sure. anything. Um, it, it's just some people just may not want to do that. I don't even, you know I don't think it's like, I think people have created this perception that like the only variable is hard work. Right. And, and when I say people may not want to do that, I mean like that may not be people's uh, choice of wanting to work. Some people may just want to, you know, work a regular job. And yeah, just relax. yeah, exactly. Some people don't you know want to, they, they don't, don't want to get rich. Yeah. yeah. Not they don't want to get rich, but like, it, it, they're comfortable. Yeah. yeah. They, they just happy doing what they do. Which exactly. Is and that, which is completely which fine, is completely bro. Fine, right. But in, but when like a few years ago, I'll be like, nah, nigga, like, yeah. when you're in America, like, you, have to, like, man, you have to make money. Legit. You know? <laughs> that is such a like ultra capitalistic thing of thinking, way of thinking of like, man, like, <laughs> you just everyone you you must want to be rich you know what i'm right, trying to say right, some right, niggas right. don't want to do that and we a lot of times we judge people's worth by how like mm-hmm. by like how much economic output they put out you know yes. what i'm trying to say or like how much they do or like you're constantly grinding the grind is like and that shit is so <laughs> toxic bro like it, it really is so toxic and it's, though it's honestly not even realistic for sure and i'm look i'm a very driven person like i like right. for me like I, I, I'm always going to do something even if I, I become a billionaire or whatever mm-hmm. that's just the way I'm wired you know mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say but for me to act like everyone is wired like that and <laughs> force them to become that yeah. or then me to look look at them as not being worthy because they're not like that mm-hmm. it's just it doesn't make any sense it doesn't it doesn't like like when you when you get older and you look back you're like okay like this for sure don't make no sense right yeah. because there's first of all like for you to be driven all the time, it's not even like realistic. You need to rest, right? For sure. And and I think at the time I was just so driven by like just achieving something yeah. that I was like, man, if you ain't trying to get, if you ain't trying to make money, <laughs> don't talk to me. And 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 I think that's like so prevalent of that like, shit lifts people on like unhappy of, too, man. Yeah, of like the American values of like achievement is like a big deal here. Yeah. Like achievement is 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 a it's like a, a form of like high status for sure. Right? And there was something that you know I read from that book, um, Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome, where it talked about the philosophical aspects of cultural differences. Yeah. And if you look at the uh, ethnic group or worldview of the U- European or Euro American, yeah, the value system is member to object, meaning the highest value lies in the object or acquisition of the object. Self-worth is often determined by the number, size, and monetary value of the object. That's wild, man. Which is fucking crazy, right? Because yeah. when you think about it, like I didn't feel good really unless like I was working or hustling yeah. or trying to make money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and it's cliche, but like a lot of people know that like like a lot of those things are fleeting. Like you know what I'm trying yes. to say? And like, But the thing is like we, we may not really know it until we get it. Yes, for sure. I mean? And then for we're sure. like, and then 
then you have the suicidal thoughts. For sure. Oh, wow. Like, I did all this work. Yeah, to get to this mountaintop. And Bruh, like, think, like, dog, America is one of the most suicidal places in the world. Mm -hmm. In the world. And I think, you know, when you see, when you see ultra successful people. Yeah think about killing themselves yeah like opens up your opens up your perspective right and it makes me understand this philosophical aspect of cultural differences where yeah it's a chasing of it's 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 an achieve there's there's a deep inherent value of achievement yeah and it's not a bad thing it's not want to achieve yeah it's It's just when it becomes the sole purpose god yeah and it's like everything revolves around that concept that's when it becomes very Mm -hmm. toxic because like america says that that's what leads people to mental health problems that, right. that's what leads people to being disconnected from their families right that's what leads people to actually being disloyal to themselves bro like that's when people start don't even caring about yes. themselves caring about their health they don't like do yes. the things they need to take care of themselves simply because they want to get more and bro. more bro. and like jaco said that's that's a never-ending cycle bro mm-hmm. like it just keeps going mm-hmm. and going and going like look at steve jobs bro like they asked him a question how much would you pay to get your health back he was like i'll give all my everything i have i'll give it just to get my health show you know what i'm saying and like and like like you said people place that above health, and i've seen that so many times Mm -hmm. so many times and i heard a quote it was like so many so much responsibility stifles a lot of responsibility stifles so much creativity and innovation and sometimes we look at a lot of um a lot of responsibility that we have in society stifles so much creativity and innovation mm. like if sometimes if people had the space to just like relax and actually mm. think do you know how much great art comes out from those places yeah you know what i'm trying to say so like a lot yeah. of times Allowing we stifle exactly like we stifle so much creativity from that but it, the other perspective is like well you have to incentivize people to want to be to do things you know what mm-hmm. i'm trying to say mm-hmm. so yeah it's to go back to the conversation it's like the American dream, yes, it's it is a dream and it's an actuality when you come from another country. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're blinded by that whole thinking. And sometimes that blindness is good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because ignorance is bliss and you just come in and you put your head down and you right, grind. And grind yeah. But when you look at it from not a, such a small parochial view, but like in totality, talking about like the American dream and the actuality of it, mm-hmm. like all the metrics in which you judge those things by, like America is not anywhere close to what it claims it's supposed to be, you know? So whenever I think about the American dream, I always try to put myself in the shoes of an actual American citizen who grew up here. Like all they know is America and for them to hear about what their country looks like to other people. I always try to imagine like, dang, like, what is that like? Like to be able to hear somebody else speak either so highly of it or so you know negatively of it. It's almost like, are, are they shocked? Are they not shocked, right? I think it's a really fascinating conversation. So next and last segment, we're gonna get into privilege, right? So from my years of being in America, here's what I understand. On some level, we all have some type of privilege based on our identity, right? Um, You know, we get to talk about what privileges in a way that we have as Uh, black immigrants being in America and how that's been able to affect our identity and how we view America and how we operate in America. So check it out. I think you guys really enjoy it. With being a black immigrant, what would you say some of your privileges are? Ooh, that is a good question. I'll start. I'll say being an immigrant, like you, like you literally just said, I think 
a privilege is not growing up um, under the like slavery doc, not doctrine, but like slavery. Um, um, epigenetics and everything that flows with that. Epi- yeah, epigenetics, history, things that get passed down from slavery. Like, yeah. I think in a way, it it was a privilege and me recognizing that privilege where I came in with a completely different mindset, a completely sure. different worldview. Where black in my world, black people was superior. Was superior. Like black people was running shit. Like I mean, that's that. all we saw. You know, that's, what I'm think about that shit. Yeah. Like that's really all. That's, that's all we saw. All like, we saw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, and so ourselves, like we just know, like black people is just dope. Yeah, for you know sure. I mean? So it's like coming here and 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 not not seeing that same worldview represented within Black America was. Was like whoa, like yeah, it's a little different. It's For a little, sure, it's a little different, right? So it really that really took me aback as well. Yeah, um, and even now, just doing this podcast and researching and studying, it's just like okay, like it, it really like I like the black identity is that that is a real thing. Oh yeah, most that definitely is a real. And thing. I think like the book you just referenced, um, the post traumatic slave syndrome. It's yeah. a phenomenal book. I think everybody that likes this podcast or is interested in things of that nature right. should check it out because it's just it, she does a phenomenal job of breaking down everything that goes into that and she talks about the epigenetics of slavery and how trauma is passed down from generations and how like the environments in which you bathe your genes actually affects us for generations and generations Mm -hmm. and how slavery like literally has it was such a diabolical thing but it's literally destroyed communities and we all as a group of black people especially African Americans we we need to heal you know what I'm trying to say and a lot of things wouldn't change before that healing happens you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, I think it is like you said, it's it's honestly a privilege that we didn't like that template of thinking like mm-hmm. or that experience wasn't necessarily ours because right. because um because like in our country, like all we saw was black people mm-hmm. and there was nothing to compare it against. And don't get me wrong, corruption is huge in Nigeria, but wealth is also a huge part of like yeah. like Nigeria is like the wealthiest African country, if I'm not mistaken, right. economically. And the richest black man in the world is Nigerian. The richest right. black woman in the world is Nigerian. If, right. if I'm not mistaken, might change or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like you see that, so you see the possibility of it. You know what I'm trying to say? So mm-hmm. um, it was just normal. It was normal. You know what I'm yeah. trying to say? So like yeah. growing up in that space, there's a bit of like like privilege that comes into that when you come here because like you you know what's possible. You know what I'm trying to say? You know there's a possibility that's there for you and people that look like you. And sometimes over here, that's like you don't know otherwise because like you've lived it for generations and generations of people telling you that you're at the bottom of the totem pole and that template of thinking gets passed down and you see how society stomps you in the neck like physically i mean physically and like it's it's just such a like it's such a very devilish thing that it does to people's psyche Mm -hmm. so it is because that's another like hill you gotta climb for sure for sure there's already struggles in life but like adding that to it is is just another level of struggle that you just gotta climb through yeah and i think i think people don't we don't do enough about talking about like the psychological um impact slavery had Mm -hmm. and has you know what I'm trying to say? Like, mm-hmm. it's a huge psychological thing. You know what I'm trying to say? And like, it's, like she talks about the epigenetics. If you look at the science behind it, it's like very, very valid. You know what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say? So it's, I hate when people try to like 
minimize that part of it because that that's huge you know what i'm trying to say as we know like the mind is probably like the strongest thing that actually creates the life that we want but also creates our experience you know what i mean and if that is poisoned by um thinking that's been passed down to you because of another group literally subjugating you for generations and generations and doing crazy things to you then yeah then yeah i mean i think also just understanding your foundation and also understanding where you're coming from helps you navigate life in general but also like those things set the foundation for what you build upon you know what i'm trying to say and when you're not tied to your history you're not tied to your people you're not tied to that lineage there's a certain bit of disconnect that you're just that like they're quite frankly african-americans were were stolen from them Mm -hmm. you know i mean so that like i think that's an advantage because yeah we're so like we're so tethered to our culture you know what i'm trying to say and with like we know our history behind that and everything mm-hmm. and a lot of times african-americans are disconnected from that because yeah. of any not anything that's their fault it's just quite frankly slavery and right. did not did not ugh, the demonic nature of that so yeah i think that's that's an advantage in that sense of moving to a country like america yeah and i think and i think uh that's where this podcast comes in right to be able to like help explore that african yeah. side of the african-american for side, sure right because there's beauty in both. Most stuff. Um, and she but, talks about it in the book. Oh, she does? Yeah, she talks about it. I haven't gotten to that part yet. So yeah, she talks about how, like, um, when she goes back home, somebody told her, welcome home. Mm-hmm. And she just started crying. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, like, how it felt like a spiritual thing of, like, being back there. And, like, she just mm-hmm. really felt it, in, like, in her soul and, like, in a visceral way. So I think, yeah, I think it's important. Any African-American, like, it's important to, like, go back to Africa and just right. be in that space and be just be back you know what i'm trying to say and feel right. the energy of that space and just reconnect Facts. Facts. i think you'll do a lot of people a lot of good i agree i agree all right guys well that is a wrap so here's what to expect in this season so in the upcoming seat in the upcoming episodes here's what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about china uh, and neo-colonialism in China, in Africa, what that's looking like, you know, that's currently going on. We're going to talk about, you know, um, the the influences of the Rwandan genocide, the hematic hypotheses. We're going to talk about, you know, tribalism. We're going to talk about black separation, uh, black, sep- black separatists. I can't speak today. Black separatists. And the Biafran War and how they actually intertwine. We're going to talk about Mandela, Malcolm, um, MLK. We're going to talk about the apartheid and Jim Crow and how they connect. So it's going to be really fascinating episode. We get we get to dive a little deeper in in African philosophy and ideology and how it has been influenced over the years. And we are also going to have great guests. So you are really in for a treat, guys. Hope you guys enjoy. When I don't finish, I'll be. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. This really does help engagement and allows other people to be able to check out our awesome content. And also follow us on social media, Instagram to be specific at V-L-L-G-B-O-Y-Z. And most definitely and more importantly, we shall catch you on the next episode. Oh yeah. Vamos.